episode eight. Welcome to the podcast, Life of Awesome. My name is Saul Blinkoff. I'm a husband, father of four, and director-producer who works for some of the top studios in Hollywood, including Disney, DreamWorks, and Netflix. My goal? Simple. I want to live the best life I possibly can, and I want the same for you. I travel the world talking about life, and if there's one thing I've learned, every single person on the planet wants the exact same thing. We don't want a life of good. We don't want a life of great. We want a life of awesome. I really want to thank you for being here today listening. I realize there are so many podcasts out there, and I really appreciate you giving me the most valuable thing that you have, your time. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share it with your family and friends. That said, let's get into it. Today, I want to speak about the natural inclination that human beings have to settle. And while we may think that we're not settling in life, if we actually look closer at our lives, we may be surprised to find that we actually are settling. We may be settling in our career. We may be settling in relationships. We may be settling in the way we treat ourselves and taking care of our bodies, eating healthy. I firmly believe that every single person on the planet wants a life of greatness. Nobody really wants to live an average or mediocre life. So why do so many people settle? I think that what settling really is, is after we invest ourselves into working hard to achieve something, along the way, we just need to stop and take a break and it's hard to start up again. Picture yourself climbing Mount Everest. You know you want to get to the top, but after a couple days of climbing, it's so difficult that what we end up doing is stopping halfway and we convince ourselves that we're already at the top. Why? Because it's difficult to keep climbing. And if we convince ourselves that we're already at the top, then there's nowhere else to go. I mentioned in previous podcasts how I had this dream when I was in art school to become a Disney animator. And I went through a huge amount of struggle to get a portfolio of drawings. And I sent it in the first time. I got rejected. A year later, I sent it in again. Second time, rejected. But for the third time I tried, they had a Disney representative come to our school to look at our portfolios. And if he liked the work, then he was going to send it into the studio for further review. And I walk into this room and it's Bill Matthews, one of the original animators on Sleeping Beauty. And he's thumbing through my portfolio. And I remember him going, oh, Saul, my boy, this is a nice portfolio. I remember his voice. He's the coolest guy. Saul, my boy, these are nice drawings. And I'm terrified. Eventually, he says, I like your work. I'd like to send it into the studio for further review. Would you like that? I'm like, would I like that? Yeah, I would like that. And I take my portfolio and I hand it to him. And as I hand it to him, I don't let go. And he's pulling it and I'm in a tug of war with this 70-year-old man. He's like, Saul, my boy, what are you doing? And I said, Bill, let me ask you a question. Where are you going after this school? He's like, well, I'm going to that school and other art schools. I said, so when do you actually need the portfolio in Florida? He says, not for two and a half weeks. Why? I said, because any drawing I do tomorrow will have to be better than any drawing that's in this book. And he said, no problem. Here's the address. Send it to me in two weeks. If you would ask me that morning before I went into the interview, Saul, what do you hope Bill Matthews, Disney guy says? 
I would have hoped he'd said two things. I like your work and I want to send it into Florida for the next round. And that's exactly what he said. So why wasn't that enough? It wasn't enough because I knew deep down that I could do better work because we could always do better. I set a goal for myself that was above the goal he set for me. And as I turned to leave the room, I think to myself, wait a minute, this guy sees portfolios from students around the world. I would be an idiot to not ask him advice on how I could even make it better. So I asked him, how do I make it better? And he said, you should put drawings of effects, you know, rain, fire, water, smoke, put those in your portfolio. And that's exactly what I did. Because even when we reach any accomplishment, we always have to have the perspective that we can make it better. And that's not something that should bring us anxiety, like, oh, I'm a perfectionist and I have to just keep getting better and better. No, it should make us feel motivated that we can grow through the experience of working hard to make something great. You notice I bring up Steve Jobs a lot in this podcast. And after he died, they made a lot of movies about him. And Ashton Kutcher played him in one of the movies. And there's a great scene in that movie where a young Steve Jobs walks into a room where these guys have been laboring over building this Macintosh computer, and he wants to do an entire overhaul. He basically wants to push these guys to make it better. I'll be taking over now. Um, sorry, taking over to like the entire Macintosh project? Yeah. Awesome. And the supervisor who's working on it comes in the room, and he says to Steve Jobs, Why exactly are you here? I'm here to help build the Macintosh. And then the supervisor's like, dude, I don't need you here. We got it under control. Don't worry. Everything's fine. And Steve hears that and he responds. Okay, Jeff, let's get a couple things straight. We don't do fine. And we don't accept things the way that they are. And we don't stop innovating. Translation, we don't settle. Later on in the movie, he's sitting with all his engineers and creative people on a hill, and he's giving them this inspirational speech. We have an opportunity to build a revolutionary machine. And in your life, you only get to do so many things. And right now, we've chosen to do this. So let's make it great. You see, what made Steve Jobs an all-time great is he had one goal. Don't settle for mediocrity. If we shoot for the stars, we end up on top of a mountain. I remember a couple years back, they opened up a new pizza place near us. So me and my wife and kids, we go to the pizza place. Whenever you go to a new restaurant, you know, you have your feelers out. You're trying it out. You're testing it out. And you're making judgments every second you're there about the service, the lighting. How is it served? Too hot? Too cold? So we're sitting there. We order a cheese pizza and we're eating it. And the kids are looking up at me like, Dad, tell me, is the pizza good? And I'm like, do you like it? They're like, but Dad, tell us because you have such a, you know, you're such a foodie, Dad. You're such a perfectionist with food. Why don't you tell us if you think it's good? Because they want me to tell them if I like it, then they'll like it, which isn't so good because you really have to make sure your kids have their own opinions, right? So I say to them, yeah, it's, you know, I give him a Larry David, you know, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. And they're like, well, dad, what would you fix? I'm like, well, the crust, it's bland. It needs to taste like garlic bread. It needs to be buttery. And what else, dad? Well, the sauce. And I start giving all these ideas. Then they're like, dad, tell the guy at the pizza place. I'm like, nah, he doesn't want to know. I leave the pizza place. I get home and there's an email from the company. And they're like, hey, thanks for being a customer. If you have any suggestions or any feedback, we'd love to hear it. So I figure, now I'll tell them what I think. And I wrote this whole email to them about how I think the crust was bland and it should taste like buttery and garlic bread. I told them, I don't think you have the goal 
to make pizza the way Steve Jobs wanted to make the greatest iPhone? And I got a response. You know, the response was like a standard, you know, thank you for your comments. Did he really want to hear? Did he really wake up every day with the goal of, I want to make the greatest pizza possible? Maybe he did. Or was his goal, you know what? Let me just make pizza. We need to ask ourselves, do we really wake up every day and do we settle for mediocrity? The only way to know if what we have really is great is to know is how much work did I really put in? How much did I really invest myself into making this great? Because the odds are, if I didn't really work that hard on it, then it probably isn't as great as it could be. Boom. The famous physician Thomas Merton said, the biggest human temptation is to settle for too little. But when we settle for too little, we're actually convincing ourselves that we've accomplished more than we actually have. That's what's dangerous. We basically are shortchanging ourselves. One of my other favorite movies is a movie called Whiplash. If you haven't seen this movie, you need to see it. Incredible young director, Damien Chazelle. He also made the movie La La Land. The, the camera, the art direction, the acting, it's incredible. Just every, as a craft, it's such an incredible movie. And I'm not going to give anything away. The movie is about a character, Andrew, who's a student at the greatest music school in the country, maybe in the world, called Schaefer. He's a freshman. And this kid has a vision, a clear vision that he wants to be the greatest drummer on the planet. And he has a professor, Terrence Fletcher, played by J.K. Simmons, who won an Oscar for his role in this movie. He's an instructor known for terrifying teaching methods. We'll just say that. Watch the movie and see what you think. And the movie is basically a comment on the student-teacher relationship and how hard can a teacher really push a student to become great. And there's a scene where the two of them are speaking. And it's a scene where the professor, Terrence, is reflective on the fact that he felt like he never had a student who really became great. I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. Otherwise, we're depriving the world of the next Louis Armstrong, the next Charlie Parker, and every Starbucks jazz album just proves my point, really. There are no two words in the English language more harmful then good job. If we could get a good job from our boss, then we feel good about ourselves. We're done. The guy from Disney told me my portfolio was good. He basically said, good job. But I didn't want good job because I knew that I could do better. It's not about pleasing someone else. It's about looking in the mirror and knowing, you know what? I got a little bit more in me. I could do better. It's like that scene in Rocky 10, 11, 12, whatever, where Rocky's like old now. And he's sitting with Paul and he says, hey, you know what? I think I got a little more in the basement. There you go. You got my Rocky impression. He's like, I think I got a little more in me. I got one more shot in me. How much more potential do we really have? I have a 14-year-old daughter, Liel. And during this COVID pandemic, she started making chocolate chip cookies. She had the goal to make the greatest chocolate chip cookie on the planet Earth. And after six months of working on this recipe over and over and over again, she started a business, Liel's Cookies. They're not shipping yet, but keep tuning back. Shipping is coming soon. But the point is that she knows at the end of the day that she put everything into making a great cookie, an awesome cookie. And if a person could put that much effort into creating a cookie, think how much effort they could put into creating themselves. 
Don't settle for who you are when you have the potential to be so much more, especially because we know deep down we can be more. Think about our relationships. We all have relationships that we value. Do you think there's any limit to the closeness that two people can have in a relationship? Is there a limit to how much you could love your child? Is there a limit to how much you could love your spouse? There's no limit because relationships grow. As we grow, relationships grow. If you're listening to this and you're married, you know your marriage could be better. What are the things that get in the way? Ego. Me being right. The more I work on myself, the more my ego dissipates and I'm left with something that's real and true and vulnerable because real intimacy is vulnerability. If you don't have vulnerability in a relationship, you don't have trust. And if you don't have trust, you have no relationship. Don't settle for any relationship that's mediocre because then that's just a waste of time. Even when we're nurturing our children, make sure our kids know that there's no limit to the heights that they can reach. And when we climb those mountains in our life, those struggles, and we stop halfway, look back at how far we've come. And when we take the pleasure in our accomplishments, it's energizing to keep going. You know, when Steve Jobs died, there were so many articles about him, so many books written about him. But all those articles and books basically talked about his accomplishments with technology. It didn't talk about his accomplishments as a father or a husband. You know, we spoke about Kobe Bryant before in last episode. And you notice how after Kobe died, there were so many articles written about his life. And most of those articles weren't even about basketball. They were about what a committed and invested father he was. Now, I'm not saying Steve Jobs wasn't. I don't know. All I'm saying is the media didn't really show that side of him like it did with Kobe. Because the same discipline that he put into basketball, he probably put into working on his own character flaws to becoming the greatest father he could be. That's what being a parent is. It's just opportunities for us to work on our patients, an opportunity for us to work on ourselves. Being married, being in a relationship is an opportunity for us to work on ourselves. Inspirational quote of the week. The quote comes from Nelson Mandela the South African anti-apartheid revolutionary, political leader who spent 27 years in jail. His life story is nothing short of miraculous. That a human could go through what he went through and never lose sight of who he is and his potential to change the world. Quote, there is no passion to be found in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Boom. We need to wake up every day. And when we look in the mirror and we're doing a serious self-reflection, we need to realize that in every aspect of our life, we should never allow ourselves to settle. Don't settle in your career to know that you're just getting by just to get that good job approval from your boss. Don't settle in our relationships and our marriages. Let's push ourselves to be more vulnerable because that's what it means to be a human being, is to push myself to continue to grow. Don't settle for good when you could be great. And don't settle for great when you could be awesome. Thank you so much for being here today listening. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. 
Please, again, subscribe, like us, rate us, review us, share us with your family and friends. And I truly hope that each and every one of you has an incredible life and not just a life that's good and not just a life that's great, but that each and every one of you has a life of awesome.